Well, we're in a series of lessons, real answers to the big questions. And counting down the uh, top ten questions that you yourselves submitted, so far we have answered number ten, why should I believe in God? Number nine, why should I believe in Christianity? Number eight, what is God's will? for my life. And number seven, why hasn't God answered my prayer? That brings us to question number six today. Are science and scripture compatible? Now actually there were a number of questions from you submitted on this particular topic. Questions about evolution and creation, about the young earth versus the old earth, cavemen and dinosaurs, (laughs) and specific alleged conflicts between modern science and the Bible. There's no way possible that I could answer each and every one of these questions individually, so I've chosen to group them under this more basic question, are science and scripture compatible? In other words, do the Bible and science agree? Are scriptural truths and scientific facts in alignment? with one another. Can Christians and scientists actually get along? Well, before we attempt to answer this question, let's just pause right here and let's ask God to speak to us this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, this is a a big question. It's on a lot of people's minds today. We're going to need your help to unpack this this morning. So I ask that you would open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, open our minds to understand, and open our hearts that we would receive the truth of what you want to teach us today. Help us to learn so that we might, first of all, know that our faith stands firm, And help us to learn also that we might be able to defend our faith before this skeptical world that we live in. So we're ready now to listen. Be the master teacher, I pray, as we sit before you. Teach us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our science and scripture... Compatible. Before we attempt to answer this question, I think it's important for us to understand why we need to answer this question. Why this question is so critically important. Let me suggest three reasons. First of all, integrity. Integrity. We need to answer this question to have integrity. The dictionary defines integrity this way, the state of being complete or undivided. To have integrity means that your walk matches up with your talk. That your whole being as a person is integrated. That your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual parts all fit together. So how does that apply to today's question? Well, the opposite of being integrated is to be fragmented. And I believe that there are way too many Christians today who are living fragmented lives. Let me explain. 
I once asked a science teacher who professed to be a Christian how he integrated the knowledge of science with his relationship with God. And to my surprise, he answered that he didn't even try to fit them together. Science was something that related to his secular life during the week, and Christianity was something that related to his spiritual life on the weekend. But the two never matched up. (laughs) Folks, that's not even reasonable. (laughs) That's fragmentation. That's compartmentalization. That's schizophrenia. (laughs) Notice what Jesus said in Mark 12 and verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, that's the emotional, with all your soul, that's the spiritual, with all your mind, that's the mental, and with all your strength. That's the physical. In other words, our relationship with God is to affect our whole being as a person. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Emotional, spiritual, mental, and physical. And therefore, the first reason we need to answer this question, are science and scriptural compatible, is for integrity. Our comprehension and application of the facts of science and Scripture must be integrated into our life as a whole. We can't believe and behave one way on Sunday and believe and behave another way on Monday through Saturday. Science and Scripture must be compatible or either one of them is right and the other is wrong or both of them are wrong. (laughs) We've got to have integrity on this. The second reason why we need to answer this question is because of insecurity. Insecurity. Our modern world and modern culture is defined by modern science. And in the last 75 years, the advances in science and technology have multiplied exponentially. Our knowledge and understanding of the world around us has increased more in this past decade alone than it did in all of the previous decades of the existence of humankind. Frankly, I think that's intimidated the church and a few Christians as well. For some reason, we're afraid that science is a threat to Scripture That scientific discoveries are going to undermine our faith in God and the Bible. And therefore, the second reason we need to answer this question, are science and Scripture compatible, is our own insecurity. We need to be able to alleviate our fears as we courageously take a stand for our faith. Don't be intimidated by science or by scientists. Read 1 Peter 3, verses 14 and 15 out loud with me. You need neither fear their threats nor worry about them. Simply concentrate on being completely devoted to Christ in your hearts. Be ready at any time to give a quiet and reverent answer to any person who wants a reason for the hope that you have within you. We need to address our insecurity. And the third reason why we need to answer this question is inequity. Inequity. There's a nasty rumor floating around that science and Scripture are repeatedly conflicting with one another and that science is winning and that Scripture is losing this conflict. And that is simply not true. (laughs) 
However, opponents of Christianity would like everyone to believe that it is true, and so they've taken steps, actually, to perpetuate this rumor in both the Christian community and in the scientific community. In particular, the media and entertainment fields have given voice to this rumor, insinuating that anyone who would believe otherwise must be stupid, weird, or hopelessly out of touch with reality. And when a well-meaning Christian has demanded equal time in rebuttal to this rumor, he or she has often been criticized and ostracized. And therefore, the third reason we need to answer this question, are science and scripture compatible, is the inequity that exists in the world today. We need to understand that the rumor that science is disproving Scripture is entirely false. And in the interest of equity, we need to unashamedly and unapologetically defend our faith before this world that we live in. Jude chapter 3 urges us to stoutly defend the truth that God gave once for all to His people. And it's time that we bring the truth to bear against this rumor and bring balance to those that oppose Christianity and what they are saying. There is an inequity in our world today. And therefore, there are at least three basic reasons why we need to answer this question. Are science and scripture compatible? Integrity, insecurity, inequity. Okay, so are science and scripture compatible? In the time remaining, let's examine the reasons, the reality, and the response to this supposed incompatibility between science and Scripture, beginning with the reasons for incompatibility. Generally speaking, most alleged incompatibilities between science and Scripture come about for two reasons. One, that is the fault of theologians, and one, that is the fault of scientists. Let me explain. First of all, on the part of the theologians, comes the misinterpretation of Scripture. The misinterpretation of Scripture. Simply put, sometimes the conflict between science and Scripture has been the result of well-meaning but misguided theologians who make the Bible say something that it does not say. Well, the classic example, I think, of that is the Bible chronology calculated by Bishop James Usher back in the 17th century. He worked out a series of dates from the genealogies in the Bible and concluded that the world was in fact created in 4004 B.C. And it wasn't long until most of the Christian community actually embraced this misinterpretation as a fact. So much so that this date actually appeared in printed editions of the English Bible at that time. Now whether or not you believe in a young earth or an old earth, the point is this, this date does not appear in the original text. It's not a part of God's word, it's a man's Yeah, miscalculation, if I could um, be so bold to say. The Bible really doesn't give us indication of the age of this universe. Don't make it say something it doesn't say. Another example would be the rising and the setting of the sun, which the Bible mentions numerous times. Some early Christian scholars misinterpreted that to mean that the sun revolved around the earth, and therefore the earth must be the very center of the universe. Uh, It's not what the Bible says. 
That's a misinterpretation of Scripture. And, as science has proven, it's false. Now, I could give many other examples, but suffice it to say that we must be ever so careful not to make the Bible say something it does not say. We must interpret Scripture correctly. Read 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21 out loud with me. The main thing to keep in mind here is that no Scripture is a matter of private opinion. And why? Because it's not something concocted in the human heart. It resulted when the Holy Spirit prompted men and women to speak God's Word. Be ever so careful not to interpret Scripture so that it says something it does not say. So the first reason for most alleged incompatibilities between science and Scripture is the misinterpretation of Scripture by theologians. On the opposite side of that is the misrepresentation of science by scientists. The misrepresentation of science. Simply put, sometimes the conflict between science and Scripture has been the result of some well-meaning but misguided scientists who have made science out to be more than it was ever really meant to be. For instance, the late Wilfred Sellers, professor of philosophy at the University of Pittsburgh, put it this way, Science is the measure of all things, of those things that are true and real, that they are true and real, of those things that are unreal and false, that they are unreal and false. Science is the end all, be all, and do all of modern knowledge. Folks, that's wrong. (laughs) I'm sorry. This misrepresentation of science is actually called scientism. It makes science out to be a religion, if you will. That everything must be tested by science. Only that which can be verified by the scientific method is valid and real. If it cannot be objectively measured and qualified in a laboratory, then it is not factual and it is not true. Now, of course, that philosophy about science is simply not the whole truth. The fact is there are ways and means other than the laboratory for us to acquire genuine knowledge. Let me just give you a couple of examples. One example would be love. (laughs) Love isn't objectively measured and qualified in the laboratory by scientific method. But anyone who has ever personally experienced it will gladly testify that love is real and valid. Or how about God? God cannot be examined under a microscope or boiled in a beaker or placed in a test tube, but anyone who has ever experienced a personal relationship with God will bear witness to the fact that He is indeed factual and true. Romans 1 verses 19 and 20 puts it this way, The basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created, people have always been able to see what their eyes as such cannot see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of His divine being. By the way, let's just settle something right here and now. Faith and science are not in opposition to each other. In fact, science itself rest on some presuppositions that must be accepted by faith before you can even apply the scientific method. Let me name two of them. I put them there in your notes. The first presupposition is that the university, the universe is orderly, that it operates according to a pattern, and therefore that we can predict its behavior. 
And the second presupposition is that the human mind and our sensory perceptions are reliable and therefore can be trusted to give us accurate information about the external universe. Now saying that brings me to this key point. These presuppositions are more logical in a world that was created by a personal, rational God than in a world that came into existence by mere chance and random process. And that's exactly, by the way, why the scientific method as we know it today began in the 16th century with, guess what? Christians. (laughs) Breaking with Greek polytheistic concepts that viewed the universe as erratic and unpredictable and therefore not capable of systematic study, these Christians reasoned that the universe must be orderly and worthy of research because it was the work of an intelligent designer and creator. And thus, the scientific method was born. In summary then, most alleged incompatibilities between science and Scripture come about for two reasons. First, the misinterpretation of Scripture by some theologians, and on the other side of the coin, the misrepresentation of science by some scientists. If we limit ourselves to what the Bible actually says, and we limit ourselves to what the scientific method was really meant to do, then we would significantly reduce the number of incompatibilities that appear to exist. Which leads us to our second thought, and that's the reality of incompatibility. As I pointed out earlier, there's a nasty rumor floating around that science and Scripture are, in fact, repeatedly conflicting with one another and that science is winning and Scripture is losing this conflict. The reality is that this is not true. On the contrary, the more science discovers, the more it becomes apparent that science and Scripture are compatible. Scientific research only validates and authenticates the existence of God and the truth of the Bible. Read Job 12, verses 7 through 11 out loud with me. Ask the animals what they think. Let them teach you. Let the birds tell you what is going on. Put your ear to the earth. Learn the basics. Listen, the fish in the ocean will tell you their stories. Isn't it clear that they all know and agree that God is sovereign, that He holds all things in His hand, every living soul, yes, every breathing creature? Isn't this all just common sense? You see, if we listen to the world around us, as we research this world with science, guess what? It will tell us of God. Now time doesn't allow me to go into a lot of detail on this, but let me just briefly highlight a few ways that modern science is proving to be compatible with Scripture. You might be surprised at this first one. It's the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> the Big Bang Theory. I'm not talking about the television program here. I'm talking about <laughs> the actual theory, okay? Interestingly enough, the so-called Big Bang Theory actually supports the truth that the universe had A beginning. That the cosmos, time, space, and matter, originated from nothingness a finite time ago. 
You see, prior to this theory, scientists had hoped that the universe had just always existed. (laughs) And yet, subsequent to the discovery of evidence for a beginning point, it became crystal clear that there was an original event from which the entire universe came into being. And here's the twist. Rather than being damaging to the Bible, this evidence actually supports the scriptural account of creation in Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Robert Jastrow, the former head of NASA Goddard Space Institute, made this observation. For the scientist who has lived by his faith in the power of reason, the discovery of the Big Bang is like a bad dream. He has scaled the mountains of ignorance. He is about to conquer the highest peak. And as he pulls himself over the final rock, he is greeted by a band of theologians who have been sitting there for centuries. Or how about the cosmic constants? The cosmic constants. Now if you took chemistry or physics in high school or college, perhaps you remember learning about the mass of a proton, the strength of gravity, the weight of an electron, the force of electricity, or how fast the stars and planets are flying away from each other, even yet today. Remember all that? The universe expands. Now, scientifically, there are no explanations for all this. I mean, why doesn't a proton proton have more or less mass? Or why aren't the stars flying apart at either a faster or a slower rate? Nobody can explain that. However, we do know this. If any of these cosmic constants, and there are dozens of them, were adjusted to even the slightest fraction of a percentage, no universe and no life would exist at all. These constants are so remarkably balanced that recently a physicist at Cambridge University commented, it is hard to resist the impression that the present structure of the universe, apparently so sensitive to minor alterations, larger or smaller, has been rather carefully thought out. (laughs) The seemingly miraculous concurrence of all these numerical values must remain the most compelling evidence for cosmic design. Oh, really? Hmm. Kind of reminds me of Colossians 1. Verses 16 and 17, God created everything in heaven and earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, and He holds all creation together. Did you hear that? He holds all creation together. The cosmic constants. One more. How about the DNA discoveries? DNA. I love DNA. As you know, the DNA molecule carries a genetic code. Each person's DNA is just like a personal fingerprint of their identity. The DNA molecule is a highly complex entity that contains information that can actually be transcribed or translated, if you will. Now, most of us would probably recognize the name Carl Sagan. Ring a bell? SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Even after his death in 1996, SETI still to this day continues to listen for radio signals from outer space. Now go with me on this for just a moment. Suppose they do, in fact, receive a message 
that contains highly complex information. They would obviously conclude that that message came from an intelligent mind. Even if they don't know how to translate it. Because, don't miss this, design demands a designer. And what is true for outer space is also true for inner space, for the DNA molecule. Design demands a designer. God. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. You, God, made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous. So you got the Big Bang Theory, cosmic constants, DNA discovery. I wish I could go on and on. There are so many ways in which modern science is again and again and again and again confirming Scripture. If you want to do a little further investigation on your own, I would suggest that you Google science and Scripture. I did that this last week. I had a great time. <laughs> actually spent about two hours going all over the Internet, uh, looking at videos and doing some research, and I'm just always amazed at how much is out there that actually shows how much science is proving Scripture. You might also want to go to the Institute for Creation Research, www.icr.org. Uh, to learn some things. They have some good things on there about dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff. You can research that on your own. I just don't have time to do that this morning. The reality is that science and Scripture are more often than not compatible. However, got to be honest here, there are some areas of tension and conflict, obviously. Which leads me to our final thought today, and that's the response to incompatibility. Admittedly, there are a few places where science and Scripture seem to collide. I mean, creation versus evolution, dating of the universe, the evidence for a worldwide flood, the existence of an eternal soul in humankind, just to name a few. And obviously, again, we don't have time to dispute each of these alleged incompatibilities this morning, but I do want to provide you with a suggested framework for responding to these areas of conflict and tension for you and me as a Christ follower. How do we respond? Let me offer these two suggestions. Number one, we need to remember that alleged incompatibilities between science and Scripture are often only differences in purpose. There are often only differences in purpose. You see, science and theology are distinctly different from one another in purpose. Someone put it this way. Science can give us the know-how, but not always the know-why. Scripture can give us the know-why, but not always the know-how. Frankly, the bulk of science and theology are unrelated to each other. For instance, God's plan of redemption as it unfolds in Scripture has no real relation to science. And whether a carbon atom has six or eight electrons has really no relation to Scripture. (laughs) Therefore, in most cases, we must be careful not to look to science for the why or to look to Scripture for the how. 
Now the big one, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, is creation. Creation. For the most part, the Scripture tells us why we were created. And science tells us how the universe was created. And there are debates going on, heated debates going on in Christianity today about old earth and new earth. And, you know, did the account in Genesis chapter 1 when it said day, the Hebrew word yom, does that mean a literal 24 hour day? Or does it mean an epic or an era of time that God used to create the world? You know what? I don't care. (laughs) Can I just be honest? This is not a test of fellowship between you and me. It's a matter of opinion. We shouldn't look to the Bible to tell us how creation took place any more than we should look to science to tell us why we were created. Does that make sense? I think we've got to be careful here. So first remember that the alleged incompatibilities between science and Scripture are often only differences in purpose. And second, remember that alleged incompatibilities between science and Scripture are often only differences in perspective. They are often only differences in perspective. Again, science and theology have distinctly different perspectives toward life and the universe. And often these perspectives color the interpretation of the facts. That can be a negative thing leading to closed-mindedness and conflict, or it can be a positive thing leading to open-mindedness and resolution. Let me just give you an example. Let me give you an example of a positive leading to open-mindedness and resolution. My testimony... Based upon certain compelling evidence, I believe beyond reasonable doubt that there is a personal God, that Jesus is God's Son and my risen Savior and Lord, and that the Bible is, as we'll see next week, the inspired and infallible Word of God. That's my perspective on life and the universe. And everything I believe and practice is colored by that perspective. Thus, when I come to a point of possible incompatibility between science and Scripture, I will readily admit the problem and then seek a resolution. And if I cannot resolve the conflict, I will admit that I cannot resolve it at this time. Don't miss those words. At this time. However, I'll also have faith that once an answer is in fact found, rather than science and scripture being incompatible, they will ultimately be proven to be compatible yet once again as they have been down through the centuries time and time and time and time again. We have the track record. See, that's my perspective on how I handle this. Now, let me give you an illustration. So maybe you can get your arms around this a little bit. Let's say you have a very, very close friend. The closest possible friend you can have. Very, You've known this person. You, you know them inside and out. You've been friends forever. <laughs> you know their character. You know who they are. You know how they think. I mean, you know everything about this friend. And then... All of a sudden, one day, you receive a nasty rumor about this 
good friend of yours. Do you immediately believe it? No. Why? Because you know this person. It doesn't fit with the character that they are. It's based upon the track record and your experience with them. You're going, wait a minute, this doesn't match up. So what do you do? You look for answers. You go to the person. You, you begin to look. And the whole time that you're looking, you still have faith in that person, do you not? That's exactly what I'm saying about my faith in Jesus. It may be challenged and stretched at times, but because I know His character... And because I know His nature, and because I know from the track record of history that time and time and time and time again, it is not Scripture that has been proven wrong. It is science that has been proven wrong. And because of that, I believe in Jesus. (laughs) And I believe that whatever that conflict may seem to be, ultimately, it will be resolved. And once again, truth will prevail. Did you know that back in 1851, the French Academy of Science published a little brochure in which they stated 51 scientific facts that are completely incompatible with the Bible and prove the Bible to be wrong? Guess what? (laughs) Today, there isn't a scientist anywhere in the world that believes even a single one of those 51 facts scientific facts. All 51 of them have been disproved and the alleged conflicts have been resolved. That's exactly the way it's going to work in the future too. (laughs) I believe that because I believe in the character of my God. Never changing. Always faithful. He is truth with a capital T. So second, remember that alleged incompatibilities between science and Scripture are often only differences in perspective. Real answers to the big questions. This morning we've attempted to answer this big question. Are science and Scripture compatible? In other words, do the Bible and science agree? Are scriptural truths and scientific fact in alignment with one another? Can Christians and scientists get along? I believe the answer is yes. In most cases, in fact, science and Scripture are compatible. And in those cases where those alleged incompatibilities do exist, I believe that ultimately, in time, these incompatibilities will be resolved. I'm banking on God's character and the truth of Scripture. Let's conclude today's lesson. By reading Job 35 and verse 11 out loud together. Would you read this with me? God sets out His entire creation as a science classroom using birds and beasts to teach us wisdom. Isn't that the truth? Amen. Let's pray. Thanks, Lord, for allowing us these moments to just think about... uh, to think about this big question. This has been a little different kind of a lesson today, I suppose. It takes some thinking, uh, stretches us. Ultimately, oh God, it comes back 
For me, it comes back to who you are. Your character and your nature. And the track record that you have already proven time and time and time and time again of the truth of Scripture. God, we believe. Help our unbelief. May we live our lives with integrity. Help us not to dwell in insecurity, but the fact that we can defend the faith knowing that we stand firm. And in fact, help us to address that inequity that's out there in this world around us. Not to be silent, but to speak up for You. We can do that. Help us to be so brave, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, take your communication card. If you haven't already torn off that bulletin flap, would you do that right now and fill it out and let us know that you're here. Let us know how we might be able to uh, pray with you or praise with you. (laughs) Uh, Check any boxes that might apply that we can minister to you and help you. And I'd love to hear from you. What did you learn today? This is an impossible topic, by the way, (laughs) to cover in one sermon. You, You realize that, right? That's why I gave you some resources. Hopefully you'll take a look out there online and look up some of those resources and do a little further study on your own. I, I just, I just, how do I say this? You've heard me use this phrase before. You don't, you don't check your brains at the door when you become a Christ follower. You just don't do that. I've actually heard Christians say, well, you know, I just accept it by faith, as though faith is wimpy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, well, my big excuse is faith. No, your faith stands on solid ground. <laughs> this is defensible. And uh, anyway, let's take that to heart. Let's know that God's truth will prevail. <laughs> we know that because of His character and His nature. We can depend on Him, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, well.